0: Praise the Lord. Let's say that again. Praise the Lord. The Lord Lord is good, isn't he? Man, there's so many good things going on right now. Uh, Before I forget, Father's Day is coming up, and we're going to do something we have never done here. In fact, I've never heard it uh, done at all on Father's Day. We're actually going to have a blood drive where we're going to donate blood and what are you going to get out of it, Dad? You're going to get a free t-shirt. So from 9 until 2. So come early. And, and to be honest, we'll probably give you a donut and some uh, orange juice just to help you while you're going through giving your blood. Um, I think that's a pretty other day, don't you? All the dads say, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I believe it's going to be amazing. I I do want to talk to you for for a few minutes this morning. Over the last several weeks, we have talked about uh, Christ, our coming King, and the last couple of weeks, we have taken the, the adversary and stripped away the facade that he likes to present himself with and as, as all-powerful and all-knowledgeable and, and full of gl- uh, light and grace and glory and everything else. And we have seen him for who he really is a created being that rebelled and was drop kicked out of heaven and he started at the top and he's going to go all the way down to the bottom and spend eternity in a lake of fire. That's the adversary. He's a liar. Jesus said that he is a liar and a murderer. He comes to steal and to kill and destroy. He lies and says that his, his ways are better and that the grass is always greener on his side of the fence but when you get there you find out that it's not even grass the devil is a liar and I want to finish up a little bit today uh, we've already gone a couple of weeks over what we were going to but that's okay because I like to be I like to pick on the devil I like to call him for what he is And I'll I'll tell you when, as as a pastor over the years, I have discovered that when you're doing something right in a church, the adversary begins to attack. This is not in the notes, this is free, but I I believe a lot of you, that uh, because I know many of you that are here today, have talked to me and I know that there are many people that are watching online that have talked to me over the last couple of weeks and said pastor I can't believe what I'm going through I'm going through this health issue or I'm going through uh, this financial issue or I'm going through this family issue and they're all out of nowhere all of a sudden they started happening I don't find that a coincidence in fact over over 30 plus years of pastoring I have come to to uh, notice and realize that when a church body, when a body of believers begin to focus on one thing and they begin to focus on the the goodness of God and the power of God, and they become non-conformist to the consumeristic uh, attitude of the church in America, and they begin to rise above that and say, I see things in the scripture that the church did that we're not doing today, and we want more of it. And when we begin to look at what we are and where we are and what God has promised us to be and we look beyond that, something amazing begins to happen. Faith begins to build. And when faith begins to build, the adversary becomes nervous. And when the adversary becomes nervous, he begins to fight. But we're here today to declare that he is not going to win. He has never won. He will never win. He is a loser. He is going to continue to lose and don't allow his lies to trick you. So we have talked about, okay, that was free. We'll we'll get there now. Let's see if we can get this thing going here. In 1 Corinthians Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he gives them a description. It's a descriptor of what's going to happen next. In, in the Jewish, in the Jewish uh, practice, there were five feasts that they had to attend every year. The Passover, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Trumpets, the, the Feast of uh, our Time of Affliction, and then uh, a Time of Tabernacles. And each one of those the writer of Hebrews says it's a type and shadow of the things to come which means that they were symbolic of something that was going to come and we know that the Passover happened when the Israelites were leaving Egypt and that that Christ is our Passover. And as the children of Israel had to put the blood over the doorpost of their heart so the death angel would not come and take their firstborn, we also know that when we have the blood of Christ applied to our life, the death angel has no power. Then the Feast of Weeks was was, was the beginning of, of... of the harvest and it was Pentecost and we saw on the day of Pentecost some 3,000 plus souls started and, and gave their lives to Christ and the harvest began and we're part of that harvest aren't you aren't you happy about that you ever thought of yourself as a stock of corn or wheat well no I'd rather be barley uh you're part of the harvest the next feast that's about to happen is trumpets which we call the rapture of the church that's the very next thing to happen this is what Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 15 51 he said behold I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep He must have been talking to those with little kids. He was actually talking to those that that have fallen asleep, that have died in this life. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Whether you're in the grave or you're alive and remain, when the trumpet sounds, there's one thing I know for sure. You will be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed i want you to look at that for a moment because it is such a powerful passage of scripture he tells us that that at that moment when that trumpet sounds the trumpet is referring to the one that 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 ends the harvest season, that when the harvest season's ended and that trumpet sounds, he said, whether you are dead or whether you're alive, you're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Just like that. And he says, you will be raised, and the word is really great, imperishable. What does that mean? That means that bullets will bounce off of you. You'll be standing like Superman with your cape floating in the wind. Because you will have a different body. Your body will be one that you don't have to worry about it failing you. You don't have to worry about it falling apart. You don't have to worry about anything because you have gone from being perishable to imperishable. You have gone from being uh, in uh, finite infinite is that powerful and how is that going to happen well we're going to hear a trumpet and you're going to hear your name sound called one thing I know about the Lord when he calls your name you will obey and it doesn't matter where you are those Christians that are are buried in the depths of the sea when the Lord comes back and calls their name, they will rise. And the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable must put on imperishable. Look at that for a moment. This perishable, this body, has to put on imperishable. It's kind of like... You know, have you ever noticed your flesh doesn't like to do the things that that will get you to the place where you'll have an imperishable body? It's kind of like a little bitty kid, isn't it? No, I don't want to eat my breakfast. No, I don't want to put on my clothes. No, I don't want to do this. And your body will fight you. And the whole time you say, no, you are going to eat your breakfast. And you are going to read the scripture. And you are going to pray. And you're going to do the things that, that bring blessing. And when that trumpet sounds, I will ha- put on the imperishable. But you got to fight that, that flesh. All right, I'm chasing rabbits. Let's go on but when this perishable will have put on imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality then will come about the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory death is swallowed up in victory o death where is your victory o death where is your sting can you imagine? Here's what Paul is trying to convey to the church in Corinth. Right now, when one of our loved ones passed, there is a sting and death hurts. It, it torments us. But on that day, when you're standing side by side with those that have already gone on and you see them again, and you're both standing in your imperishable body, then you're going to look at death and say, who has the upper hand now? My friends, Here's, here's the real issue about this, this has to be a reality in your heart and it has to drive you every single day. If this is not truth, if this is not the truth that we live by, if this is not the truth that we uh, that we live by every single day and we change our life to, to conform to this right here, this word of God, knowing that Christ is coming, knowing that we shall see him as he is, knowing that we will be changed, knowing that this world is going to pass away. If we get our eyes off of it, we will stumble and we will fall. But my my friends, the day is coming and it's here today that those true worshipers are going to have to understand that this is truth, not what you see on TV, not what you hear on the the radio, it doesn't matter what station it is, the real truth is the Word of God, and the Word of God must be planted in your hearts. <clears throat> oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ not what we have done, it's what he has done. So you say, well, I'm not good enough when that trumpet sounds, and I'm going to say, you're not. You're absolutely not, and neither am I, neither is anybody else but Christ. But Christ shed his blood, and it's been applied to us. So what happens after that? What happens after the, the rapture well I want to go through that if you would I don't know why my clicker's not working I love this clicker there there we go the very next thing that we see is the church in heaven don't you love that where the scripture says the angel told John come up higher and I'm going to show you some things and the very next thing that follows that is the marriage supper of the lamb we're not having lamb at the marriage supper it's the lambs that suffer and we're going to be there and you say well am I just going to be a spectator oh no 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 no. do you realize that you're the bride of Christ you're the one that that has been prepared for And when we get there, and you can just see the Lord sitting back and smiling with pride of all the things that he has made for us. It's overwhelming. It's like David said, that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you would even visit him. And yet Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am there, you may be also. It's going to be so amazing. It's going to be so glorious. That that marriage supper of the Lamb, and then while we're there, immediately as the church ascends, that's when the adversary is cast down, and he is no longer the prince and power of the air, but he is now headquartered on earth. And I mentioned this last week, that if, if you can't deal with the devil now, when he's the prince and power of the air, wait until you realize that the church is gone, that that presence of God is no longer in this earth and Second Thessalonians tells us he who now is allowing this will allow it until that day until we're taken out and that's when the devil uh, is kicked down here because the devil can't be the prince in the power of the air when the church is in the air because when the church is in the air greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world so the devil loses his authority and drops down to the earth and the scripture says he is angry because he knows he has a short time and, and if you can't deal with him now how are you going to deal with him then? Tribulation immediately follows. Revelation 5 says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to break out its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look on it. And I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders, a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God that sent out into the earth. And he came and he took it out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, Having each one a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of saints. You wonder where your prayers go? They're an incense before God, and they sang a new song. Sam, I'm I'm on the praise team that day, buddy. Sang a new song. Sang. Worthy are you that did purchase to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and did purchase for God with your blood men from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation." and you have made them to be a kingdom of priests unto our God and they will reign upon the earth. Can you imagine what that's gonna look like in heaven when, when, when the lamb steps up to the throne And we're there, and and he's no longer just the lamb, but now he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he is in power and majesty and splendor and glory. And while the whole time we're sitting there admiring uh, our our new body, and then we look at him and we say, we're not worthy, and we begin to sing a new song, thou art worthy. All right, Chad, I'm going to join the praise team today. (laughs) That's going to be a glorious time. That's going to be a powerful time. That's going to be unbelievable. And it's real. It's going to happen. You've got to get it in your mind. You have to get it in your heart. You have to let it be the very first and foremost thing that you think of in the morning when you wake up. The very first thing you need to do is say, Lord, I love you. The second thing is, devil, I hate you. You need to understand that we live in a, in, in a time, in a society, in a culture that is trying to shift everything uh, that from right to wrong, that they are now legislating sin and, calling, and, and they're calling what is righteous unrighteous. And, and we live in a time that if you're going to try to correct things through the ways of man, whether it's political or any other way, you're going to stumble and fall. But the only way to stand firm is to stand upon the rock, Christ Jesus, is to stand there firm and allow the Word of God to be your guide. What is he say? I, just like a tree planted by the rivers of water, I shall not be moved. Or as Joshua said, "Serve the who you want, but as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord." My friends, there's coming a time, and it's here today. That if you really want to make a difference in the world, if you really want to stand for Christ, you're going to have to get this in your heart. It's going to be what you live and breathe. It's coming. I'm going to say this, and I hope I doesn't offend too many people, but I'm so sick of plastic church. And I'm hungry and thirsty for the real things of God. How many believe that God heals? I've seen God heal. A few weeks ago, we had a... a, a, healing service and I was down here praying for somebody and I was praying they told me what they wanted and I was praying for them and, then, and, and while I was praying for them the voice of the Lord spoke to me and said do you believe and you say pastor you're supposed to believe and so are you and I said Lord I believe help my unbelief and it's put a hunger in my heart because the compassion to see people uh, come out of their situations and come out of the trouble that they're in and come out of the physical uh, hurt and, and, the, and, and, the, and the medical condition that they're in, it just gets you. And, when, and that compassion is beginning to well up so much that, that it's driving many of us to a place where we say, God, you have got to move. And when that happens, that's when the church turns the world right side up for him. So here's what happens in the in right after that. Why we're celebrating in Christ, with Christ, the tribulation happens. If you, this is what's going to happen during this tribulation period. And I'm not doing this to scare you. Sort of, one fourth of the world's population is going to die in this seven year period one-fourth you think covid was bad if we have eight billion people that's two billion people or seven united states that's a lot of people one-third of the oceans are going to die one-third of all the trees and the grass are going to be scorched One third of the waters will become bitter and undrinkable. One third of the moon and the stars won't shine. Waters are poisoned. The moon looks like blood. Plagues torment humanity. And people will begin to seek death and they won't be able to find it. It's going to be a time of great torment. You know, it's, it's going to be a time where you don't want to be here. And the only way that I see in Scripture where anybody makes heaven at that point is through giving their life, being beheaded for the cause of Christ. And you say, well, Pastor, you're scaring me. Boy, I hope so. Because as much as we talk about the grace of God God is a God of righteousness and there's wrath coming. And my friends, in this time, in this day, when the grace of God abounds every single day, that all you have to do is say, Lord, I am a sinner and I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins, that that he will write your name in the Lamb's book of life, that you can walk in relationship with him and when the trumpet sounds, you can avoid all of it. After this, after that great tribulation period where there's, where there's uh, wars and there's uh, you know, Russia and, and some of the Islam nations, uh, Iran, they, they begin to attack Israel and the Antichrist was going to defeat them And then the Antichrist is going to stand up sometime after that and say, no, I'm God. and He's going to set himself up as God. And and the Jewish nation is going to turn against him. And and when the the Antichrist is about ready to destroy the Jewish nation, the very next thing that happens, if you want to turn that slide, is Christ returns not for his church, but with his church. Whoa. I told you last week I was going to talk to you about being an equestrian because uh, I hope you like riding horses. Look at Revelation 19. And I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse and he who sat upon him is called faithful and true. And in his righteousness he judges and wages war. We're talking about Christ. Judging and waging War. And his eyes are as a flame of fire, and upon his head are many diadems or crowns. And he has a name written upon him, which no one knows except himself. And he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in the heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. You ever seen an old John Wayne movie? You know, because they, you always know that the John Wayne he was always going to do two things: he's going to wear a white hat, and he was going to head him off at the pass. We're going to come back riding white horses, and he's not coming back for us. We're coming back with him, and this is when the Lord is going to say enough, and the millennium, that thousand-year reign, is going to start. Oh. oh, get that we're going to see it when we come back he's going to take the devil we mentioned this a little bit last week I believe but it's so good it's like, it's like watching a movie over and over again there's some parts you can just you know, fast forward to but when that angel comes down from heaven and I think it's Revelation 19 and he, and he takes the devil and binds him up in a chain and, and, and throws him and throws him into a bottomless pit and seals it up for a thousand years we're going to see that you're going to see the one that tried to destroy your life. You're going to see the one that tried to destroy your family. You're going to see the one that tried to wreak havoc with you every single day of your life and with your, with your loved ones and with your, with your friends and with your family. And you're going to get to see him bound and thrown into a bottomless pit. And I don't know about you, but I know I'm going to dance in heaven and I'm going to dance that day. No, oh. I love that. Oh. And that's when the Oh, I'm going to read that. I have it right here. Revelation 20. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having a key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. I I love that because you know what the angel's name is? I don't either. We're not told. It's just an angel. See, the devil tries to make you think... Oh, he's great, he's ground, but, but the Bible says, oh, just an angel comes down and takes him and binds him up and casts him in. I wonder what that angel's thinking right now. Oh, I can't wait to get to that day. Oh. And he laid hold on that dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And cast him, I love that, cast him into the abyss. He didn't just, you know, walk him in. He didn't say, hey, would you mind if you, if you would please, would you step into this? No, he picked him up and threw him in. I like that. Oh, and then the very next thing after that is the millennium. The millennium is a thousand years of peace when Christ comes and establishes his kingdom on this earth. The Bible says that we're going to be there with him, that we're kings and priests with him. A king is, is a civil authority. A priest is a spiritual authority. We will be there in whatever capacity, I don't know. I don't even really care. I trust the Lord so much that whatever he wants me to do, I'm going to really enjoy it he knows me better than I know myself because sometimes I want things that I think that are really good and then I get them and I realize they're really not like that second hamburger but during that thousand year God fulfills his promise to Israel people live a long time Satan's loosed at the very end of it and that just boggles my mind He's loosed at the end of it and people. And they say people are smart. I'm just be honest. We're dumb as rocks. When the Bible says we're sheep, well, we are sheep. We just follow. Because the devil's loosed after a thousand years and can you believe that some of the people follow him again and turn against Christ and turn against you and I? But this time's a little different. This time the scripture says in Revelation 20, verse 12, and I saw the dead. Not the living and the dead, the dead. What does that tell me? At the end of the millennium, that's when the Lord's going to say enough is enough. Time as we know it ends. Time is no more. That's when the great white throne, judgment, happens and i saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were opened another book was opened which is the book of life the dead were judged according to what they had done do you want to be judged according to your own works The sea gave up the dead that were in them, and and death and hell gave up the dead that were in them. See, a lot of times people think that hell is a permanent place. It's not, because death and hell are going to be cast into the lake of fire. The sea gave up the dead, death and hell gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and hell was thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death if anyone's name was not found in the book of life he was thrown into the second death will be judged according to the works the bible tells us blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection the rapture after that second death has no power my friends, after after the great white throne judgment, eternity begins. New heaven, new earth, what is it going to be like? We know that God's always been and will always be. And we have a starting point, but we will never have an ending point. And we will be with him. What's he going to do through eternity? We don't know. We 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 have a, a small glimpse a a finite understanding of an infinite God if you want to know how great God is we're going to continually grow and understand more and more and yet we'll never understand everything about God eternity without Christ is never feeling goodness again Never, the pain and the torment is going to be bad enough and the darkness where you can't see anything is going to be horrible enough and hearing the torment of others that are there. But never ever feeling love, joy, happiness, contentment, goodness, meekness, Anything that's an attribute of God will be absent for eternity. So you're left with hate and malice and all of the negative things that destroy lives. But eternity with Christ says there's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no more tears. And get this. For the Lord Himself is going to wipe all tears from our eyes. You have to have it in your heart. You can't allow this to be a fairy tale. You can't allow this to be, oh, it's something they preached way back when. My friends, that day's coming. I know, I know something today that I didn't know yesterday. Today, right now, I'm one day closer to the, to the rapture than I was yesterday. And if he doesn't come today, tomorrow I'll be the same. No one knows the day nor the hour. But we do know this. The Bible tells us to, to prepare ourselves. My friends, make sure that your heart is right with him. Make sure that you're walking in faith with him. Make sure that he is the center of your life. Make sure, because everything in this world is going to fade away. It's smoke and mirrors. You say, don't you love life? Yeah, I love life. I mean, I I was sitting in my office today and I was looking at all the pictures of my kids at various ages and all the grandkids at various ages. And I was praying for them all. But I also realize that the most important thing is to see those faces in heaven don't allow the adversary to trip you up make sure that you're that you're the Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Make sure that, that you are focused on the Lord, that you love him, that you are dedicated to him, that you understand that the word of God is real and that this is the only thing that's going to remain is the word of God. And though we don't understand everything that's going to happen, we know enough that we can prepare ourselves. And and nowhere else, nowhere else in, in creation is anything that God has created. Has he ever called it his children, his sons and daughters? And yet you and I are called the children of the living God. It's powerful. Hold on to it. Trust it. Stand firm on the word of God. Be like like those in the days of old that I shall not be moved. Put on the full armor of God. Look forward, having an eternal perspective. And here we are today. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. Here we are today. All of this is made possible by a blood drive not the one on Father's Day but the one that happened some 2,000 years ago when Christ willingly laid his life on the cross shed his blood he was the Passover lamb and we have the blood applied to the doorposts of our heart the Israelites in Egypt were told by Moses to put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of of their house and the death angel would pass over them. And every single one of them had a choice to either put the blood on or not put the blood on. It was a choice that, that he gave to everybody. Some did Some wish they would have. My friends, the the scripture is plain. Call on the Lord while He can be found. If you're here today or if you're watching online and, and you are wrestling in your relationship with God, you've got to work that out because there's power in that relationship but that power comes through the faith through the, through the persuasion that you know that you know that you know that the word of God is real and that you know that your relationship with him is pure that your relationship with him is intact that your relationship is real you know that Christ lived you know he died you know he rose again and you know he's coming back for a, a people that have made themselves ready that have surrendered their lives to him It's gonna be a glorious, glorious time for the bride of Christ, for you and I. All made possible some 2,000 years ago when Jesus was in in the garden and saying, Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. And he began to pray so earnestly that he began to sweat blood, literal blood. And then he said, Lord, nevertheless, not my will. And he gave his life that we, you and I, can have an opportunity to escape, to be the bride of Christ. My friends, I think it's time that we thank him for that. Dean, would you come over here and serve on this side, please? And Jim, would you come over here and serve here? We we have communion and like anything else, communion can become a ritual, something we do on the first Sunday of the month. Oh, it's communion time. I don't have to preach as long, although I went longer today. I would apologize, but I can't. But it doesn't need to be a ritual. In its essence, when we partake of the bread and the, and the juice it represents the broken body and the shed blood what does it represent? our salvation made possible by the one that loves us that has prepared a place for us that has allowed us the opportunity to follow him to a place where we can escape and live in eternity with joy and bliss if you're walking through something in your life today would you give it over to the Lord if there's something you're wrestling with if there's a sin that, that is just hindering you would you just give it to him you say how do you do that make this real in your mind and in your heart and it's easy to do Father we thank-